hey everybody, welcome to ARE Live. I'm Mark Tier, the founder of Black Spectacles, and today we're going to hear from a panel of three architects who passed the ARE during stressful times in their lives. Uh, God knows that what we're going through uh, now in 2020 is certainly a stressful time, so we thought this would be beneficial for all of you to hear how they tackle these exams. I'll give you some good insight into how to stay focused, how to carve out time to study, how to overcome exam day jitters, and how they ultimately completed all the divisions. Uh, a quick mention about Prometric. So as many of you may know, testing centers are currently open, but with reduced capacity. Uh, so there aren't as many seats as they usually have. So we encourage you to register for your exam as soon as possible so you can get a seat. In addition to this, as you might have heard, NCARB has announced that starting on November 16th, 2020, you can register to take the ARE online without going into the testing center. Uh, there's no changes to the content or the division structure, and you can still take the, uh, if, if, if you don't want to do this, if you don't want to take it online, you can still go in and take the exam in person if, if you wish. So it's nice you're going to have, starting November 16, 2020, you're going to have some really good options to make sure that you can you know, get through this exam. Uh, we're going to go ahead and post a link uh, in the chat here in GoToWebinar uh, for you to visit NCARB site for all the details. For those of you who are new and joining us for the first time here, Black Spectacles is the first ever NCARB approved test prep provider for all six of the ARE five divisions. Uh, we offer comprehensive test prep for the ARE with video lectures and practice exams and flashcards and virtual workshops. Uh, it's all available online with memberships, either for individual architects or for firms or AIA chapters or schools. So there's tons of options. Um, if you want to learn more about our individual memberships and check out the materials, uh, we're dropping a link in GoToWebinar right now. You can also go to blackspectacles.com for that. Or if you want to figure out how to have your boss pay for your membership with a firm license, just fill out the firm on our firm page, blackspectacles.com slash pricing slash group slash firm, and uh, you can get more information there. Um, our next ARE live broadcast is going to be on October 15th, 2020. We're going to review a project development and documentation mock exam with our resident expert, Mike Newman. We'll cover PPD knowledge and skills relating to building materials, building systems, detailing and documentation, project specs, and so on and so forth. Um, you guys know this is a, a big test, the PDD test. So studying for this one is always valuable, so you know, be sure to not miss it. And then today, we're gonna be engaging exclusively in our online ARE community. So head over to that thread if you haven't already. And here's how you do it. Um, we're gonna um, share a link. Uh, here in GoToWebinar, but if you don't have the link, you can just go to community.blackspectacles.com uh, and you can click on ARE Live and then find the featured subjects and you'll find today's post uh, about how to pass the ARE during stressful times. So I encourage all of you guys to, uh, if you have questions or comments as we go along today, um, then I would suggest uh, hopping over to our community and uh, we're all going to be answering questions here. I'll be there. A couple of other colleagues will be here as well. Uh, and so forth. Everyone who posts on our ARE community uh, will be eligible to win a free Black Spectacles t-shirt at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned to see if you win. And frankly, just go there right now, community.blackspectacles.com, find this thread, and just say hi, um, or just make a comment about, you know, uh, your your feelings about, you know, stressful times and passing the ARE. And if you do that, bam, you're, you know, you're entered to win a free t-shirt. And then lastly, today we have a special discount on Black Spectacles individual memberships, uh, which we'll share at the end of the show. So uh, that's all the intro. Uh, now let's talk about our guests. So today I'm joined by three architects. First, we have Josh Mings. He's a senior associate at Antunovich Associates here in Chicago, 
where he's been active with the Core Spaces Studio, working on student housing projects around the country. Josh has worked with Black Spectacles uh, here as a coach in our group coaching program and, and numerous other projects as well. He currently serves as a co-chair of AIA Chicago's design knowledge community, has presented at multiple Pachacacha uh, Chicago nights, and is a member of both Logan Square Preservation and Open Architecture Collaborative Chicago. So welcome, Josh. Uh, secondly, we have uh, Jenny Kivett. Uh, for the last three years, she's been an adjunct instructor at the University of Colorado, Denver. She started her career as a university professor of architecture, teaching at multiple universities. And she's worked on and led projects receiving awards, including the NCARB Prize, the AIA Education Honor Award, the Wood Design Award, LEAD Platinum Certification, and the Charles E. Peterson Prize. She is also an author, contributing to several books and publications on architecture. So welcome, Jenny. Uh, we're also joined by Logan Knox. Uh, Logan graduated from North Carolina State University in 2017 uh, with a Bachelor's of Architecture. He then moved to Pennsylvania where he joined uh, Bolin Sawinski Jackson um, as a designer on academic projects. So, uh, so welcome, uh, Logan. So uh, thank all of you. Uh, you guys are all welcome to unmute yourself, of course. Uh, Josh, Jenny, and Logan. Uh, thank you guys all for joining us today. Um, I'm just going to jump right in. So may, yeah, maybe let's just jump to our first slide here. So uh, we're here to talk about, um, you know, wrestling with uh, with passing these exams uh, during stressful times. Josh, you want to tell us your story about, uh, you know, your timeline uh, for testing and where you were in your life while you were taking the ARV? Yeah, so um, as far as when I tested, I actually, um, unlike uh, Jenny and Logan, I took my, all my exams when it was back in ARE 4.0. Um, I actually started about a year or so after school. Um, I was working at a great, you know, smaller firm at a time that, you know, to this day, extremely supportive of, you know, of their employees getting licensed. And um, so I just kind of really started as the lifelong, you know, goal to be an architect and illegally call myself an architect. So I kind of, in the beginning, did the whole, you know, I'm going to do a test here and a test there. Not really too structured, um, but uh, back in 2014, there was um, a few kind of little events that ended up happening that kind of changed after early like first. I actually failed one of the seven at that time exams and you know, that was some other things kind of put me in a funk and I was already in a bit of a depressive episode at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, that kind of caused me to just like not even pay attention to the ARE for a while. And then on top of that, my mom passed away in that December of 2014. Um, mm -hmm. Believe it or not, you know, that episode kind of triggered after, you know, a few months of grief, of course, um, the uh, kind of the call to finish up the AREs, which um, in early 2005, I basically just beginning, I believe in March of 2005, I just took it, you know, one, one a month and just got it done. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of really you know, the emphasis of how my schedule went 
is once I ended up getting this motivation slash something to really take my mind off of all the other things that was happening because I, yeah. you know, I I have a habit of using work to, you know, kind of ignore some things on occasion, um, you know, some bad things that are happening and just kind of really hyper-focus on work. And that's what I did. I kind of like hyper-focused on the ARES, um, you know, in early 2015 to really just get done. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, so first of all, really sorry to hear uh, about your mom passing and uh, mm -hmm. that uh, certainly incredibly uh, stressful. It's interesting to hear uh, that idea of using, you know, the test as a way, as almost a distraction. Uh, Jenny, can you tell us your story? Sure. Um, I graduated in 2008, and many might remember there was a, an economic recession at that time. Yeah, sure. Um, and so it was, it was difficult to get a traditional job. Um, also, at that point, the process was in order. You had to get your education and finish it, and right. then you could do your IDP and finish it, and then you could start your exams. Um, but it's pretty hard to get your IDP hours if you don't, if you're not working a traditional job in a firm under a licensed architect. Um, and I'd always, I'd always wanted my career path to take me to a professorship, but I didn't think it would happen three months after I graduated. It just happened because um, of the, the economic situation at that time. So I started teaching immediately um, and I did that for several years, but wasn't able to actually earn any IDP hours in that process. So then I wasn't allowed to actually start my exams. So, yeah, um, yeah. so I, um, it was, it, it took me a while to, um, I started a family in 2014 mm -hmm. and decided that I wanted, uh, if I was going to be a good professor, I wanted to be a licensed architect. And so mm -hmm. I, I went back and, and um, I sort of left teaching um, and decided to go try to find a, a traditional practice job. Um, and so I worked, started in 2014 and I worked in several firms um, and I earned all my IDP credits and three or three plus years and I started and at that point they had kind of merged things and said okay well you can kind of do these things together if you want but I still kind of took the original path of finishing IDP first and I think that was just mostly out of fear um, but so I finished IDP and then started the exams in 2017 um, and I had I had a lot of setbacks <laughs> I had, I started in 4.0 and I did the, you know, you could do the three exams in 4.0 and then you can tra um, transfer to 5.0 and you could take two exams. And I was like, that sounds like a great deal. I only want to take five exams. And of course I end up taking nine because I, I failed a lot. Um, but I, I did it so that I could transfer and, and I, I did the last two in 5.0. But during that three years, there were a lot of, it, it was a difficult process for me. Um, like I said, I failed a lot. Um, and I had, there was one person as an employee at the Prometric Center that told me I had more reports on my record than anyone he'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Which was shocking because, but when I look back on it, um, it was really difficult. They, they were, I was just plagued with problems. Um, you know, internet connectivity problems. My computer had failed. Um, I had, 
you know, people like my cursor. Oh, there was one time where my, my computer just blinked on a one second interval, you know, uh, for the whole, the whole test. Um, all sorts of crazy technical errors, things that happened to me. Um, and Prometric was always really good about it, and NCARB was always really good about it. The last time that I had, there, and I don't, I, I should say there were definitely exams that I failed because I wasn't ready for them. Um, but there was a, the last exam that I took would have been in January of this year. Um, and that, you know, um, those, I was going to take those last two together. It should have wrapped them up for me. Um, mm -hmm. But I failed one because of a technical problem with my computer and NCARB. Oh, man. Oh, it was just so awful. Yeah. <laughs> and NCARB was really great, and Prometric was really great, and they reimbursed me the seat credit, and I rescheduled the seat credit. But because I'm a uh, well, right now I was an instructor at that time, and I scheduled it for spring break. Um, but we all know what happened at spring break yeah. this year. Oh, God. <laughs> so <laughs> spring break this year comes around, and I'm ready to take my test, and the, the center's shut down. And so I couldn't go in for that exam. Um, and then I'm waiting around for the testing centers to open up again. And when they do, there's a three month wait. And um, so I schedule it for the end of August and I, I have the two big ones left and I schedule them back to back and I'm just going in there, gonna get them, get them done with and finally be rid of it. So that was my timeline. And I think I got it done in about three years. Yikes. Well, it sounds like, <laughs> sounds like you had your fair share of, uh... Uh, stress, let's say, uh, through your process as well. Hey, Logan, um, I, I would like to uh, get your feedback here. I know there may be some connection problems. Logan, can you hear us okay? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Excellent. So, yeah. So, uh, Logan, why don't you share your story with us? Yeah, so my my story is a lot shorter. It's a, a, little, <laughs> a little more straightforward, but everyone's story is different. I, I graduated in 2017 mm -hmm. and I was actually, because of the changes they made for ARE, you know, 5.0, I was able to start getting um, hours, experience hours when I was in finishing up high school, actually, because. Wow. I, yeah. So I, <laughs> I started and, you know, I wasn't doing anything extremely complicated then. I was just, you know, scanning documents and, uh, helping out on reports and things like that. But yeah, I was still, still able to start hours awesome. then. Um, and so that gave me a bit of a head start. And then I was, I also, I was able to kind of, it wasn't quite a, a gap semester, but between the fifth year program and the four years before that, I had a semester where I was able to work full time. So again, I was stacking up hours before I even graduated. And so that kind of led me to, um, you know, I, I, I got out of school and I moved to Pennsylvania where, you know, I'm from North Carolina. So I moved somewhere I had never been to before, before I accepted my job um, yeah. and didn't know anyone. So I ended up having a lot of free time on my hands. So I decided to do something, you know, once I got settled, do something worthwhile and, uh, and, and get licensed. So I, I finished, I started, I think my first test was February of 2019, and I took uh, both PPD and PDD in what, this August. So just finished up. I haven't finished oh, up wow. the paperwork, so I'm not an architect yet. So Yeah, 
can't say that. We'll call, we'll, we'll call you an architect uh, here. Uh, okay. Uh, we we want to be first. <laughs> there you um, go. That's awesome. So you you took a couple of exams in the middle of this uh, craziness. So you have firsthand knowledge about what it's like uh, in the testing centers now, probably with a mask on and dealing with all that stuff. Is that right? Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a little unusual. I, I had actually I had originally had PPD and PDD. I, I took them two weeks apart, which I mm -hmm. I recommend for for anyone. Um, but I had originally had them scheduled in May. But of course, okay. everything was was uh, you know going down at that point. So yeah. I uh, rescheduled and moved them to August, which was kind of the soonest I could find them. And um, but yeah, you, I had to wear a mask going in, and the kind of check-in process was they had adjusted that to promote social distancing, and a, you know a couple of other tweaks like that. Hand sanitizer was available, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely required a kind of different mindset going in. I believe it. Uh, we'll thank all three of you uh, uh, for sharing your stories and sort of the situations and the context um, for your, let's say, path or journey, I guess, through getting through the exams. I want to move on to the next question here, which is about motivation. Uh, we'll start with you, Jenny. Um, can you talk about what kept you motivated to cross the finish line? Sure. Um, it was... Um... It was a long and, and difficult process, and I think for a long time it was just sort of a um, turtle in the hair situation where I was just, okay, I was the turtle. I was just going to do a little bit every day. Um, and eventually I kind of realized that I am, I'm missing out on a lot of my life. I'm, I'm giving a lot of my spare time, my free time away um, to this when I, would rather of course be spending with my family and I think everyone has something bigger than themselves um you know that is that is helping them push them along in this journey um and for me it was my family I want to spend a little bit more time with them and less time on studying and um so I kind of set in my mind this final deadline that I was going to have it done by my 40th birthday. And if uh, I didn't do it by then, I, you know, I was just going to move on with my life. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I had everything planned out to be done by my 39th, just in case, because I had again been plagued with problems. And of course it didn't happen by my 39th, but I had a buffer year there to yeah. try to get them in. And I think with COVID happening, everyone's just kind of stuck at home and I'm looking around and it's awful. And I think we can all agree it's awful and no one likes this, but it's very close to the life that I was living studying every day. Um, yeah. And I'm like, oh, everyone seems to think this is terrible. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> this isn't the life that I want for the rest of my life. So I was like, I'm going to get this done now. I'm going to get this done. Uh, this is it. This, this is the last stretch where I'm going to be hunkered down in my basement studying every night. Um, and I just wanted it. I just, I guess I just wanted it over with. So. Awesome. Yeah. Um, um, I'm remembering, I didn't exactly have a, a birthday deadline when I was doing it, but like I wanted to do it in a year. And so like having a time constraint certainly resonates with me. Logan, uh, how about yourself? Uh, yeah. What did you do to keep yourself motivated to get through everything? Yeah, similar thing. Time constraints are the biggest thing for me. I would, mm -hmm. I would um, set a, te a test date out 
three months from from whenever I was setting it up. And I would say, mm -hmm. okay, I have three months to get ready for this test. Mm -hmm. And I would use that as my as my North Star, if you will. Um, so I would set that three month date. I would I wouldn't start off immediately because you have to you have to give your time <laughs> to like warm up to studying and things like that. You can't just dive in completely. Yeah. But I would kind of work backwards from that date and say, okay, these are the things I need to do here. Here are the black spectacles practice tests I need to do. Here, you know, some other practice tests uh, from other resources. Here are the books I need to read. And I would, I, I sometimes I would write it down for for PDD and P, PD. I I had a kind of vague schedule set out, but I would make a mental schedule and say, okay, these are the things I need to cover this week. I need to do this practice test and cover the, you know this section of the of the next and so I'd, I'd have that i'd have that day lingering in the back of my mind saying okay that that's my deadline i have to do it so yeah that's kind of a fight or flight yeah yeah <laughs> response that's awesome. trying to trigger i guess yeah josh how about you how did you get through this uh, what was you, how did you stay motivated so i think it was a few things for me so first um you know, it's kind of the culmination of a lifelong dream, um, which, you know, I kind of blame, you know, growing up, you know, where I did in Columbus, Indiana for that. Um, <laughs> and, you know. Um, for those of you that don't know, Columbus, Indiana has uh, a, a massive amount of world famous architecture. Uh, Josh, I assume that's what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so I basically kind of had ended up having no choice but to be an architect even though nobody in my family is it's just like growing up around those buildings was like osmosis or something and just kind of yeah, came yeah. in it's like that's what i want now i'm going to start playing with legos and build you know buildings so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um so part of it was that just to be able to call myself an architect that's kind of like the overarching one second when I scheduled my exams, I didn't do them three months out. I actually did them about one month out because just knowing me, I, you know, didn't have it scheduled. I wasn't going to study. That's all there is to it. So that's kind of like one of my recommendations is, you know, if you're going to start studying, get that date, you know, get that um, test date, you know, set. So you have something to work to. Otherwise, you know, you kind of, you know, at least for me, procrastinate a bit and not do it. Um, and then after exams two, I kind of, you know, just made sure to celebrate the fact that I took the exam because these are huge undertakings. Um, so you gotta, you know, celebrate a little bit. Of course, you know, in 4.0, I had to wait for my test scores, but now, you know, you get yours immediately. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's for the most part was the motivation and then, you know, after my mom passed, it was like, yeah, she's not going to want to see you kind of moping around, like, you know, get off your butt and, you know, finally get this knocked out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can certainly relate to the avoiding procrastination. I remember when I did mine, I uh, I actually scheduled all of my tests uh, at this, like, in one fail swoop so that, like, I'd already bought them all. And so for <laughs> me, I needed, I needed the pain. I needed the prospect of that level of pain uh in front of me so that i could uh stay on track otherwise i would definitely procrastinate and not get it done mm -hmm. which ultimately worked um because i didn't want to have to reschedule so um 
it was kind of uh, I, it was, it was for me. I want to defend procrastination a little bit. I, I think it's important, <laughs> important to take some time off. So <laughs> don't uh, don't make it your entire life. That's all. Yeah, here's what's cool about that, uh, Logan. And this is what I've learned as I've listened to so many folks like you guys and talk about this, which is actually everyone's different, right? And everyone, so I wanted the pain and I wanted to not procrastinate. Logan's like, no, really procrastinate. And so if you're listening to this, you're like, well, wait a minute, what am I supposed to do? And the answer is, I don't know. Uh, you have to kind of decide for yourself. And what's fair is that everyone kind of thinks about it a little bit different. So what's cool is that we have different, you know, we're kind of coming from different perspectives. So if you're listening to this, you know, you can basically choose, choose your best path, I suppose, or what seems most comfortable to you. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's, let's move on to the next one, uh, which I think is really interesting, especially in the context of a stressful situation. And Logan, why don't we stay with you? Um, how did you find time? I'm sorry. How did really time is one thing, but energy, how did you find the energy to study? Can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it's difficult right now because, you know, I'm even now I'm still working from home and I was, I have been since, since, uh, since March. Um, and so kind of once I realized it, this was going to be lasting a while, I, I decided to, to go back to North Carolina and stay with my family for a while. So mm -hmm. that, that definitely, maybe energy is not the right word, but that, that gave me some kind of motivation of mixing up the routine of my day, being around people. Whereas at first and now, you know, I, I live alone. So it's, you know, it's whoever I'm talking to uh, online and working with, but uh, so it can be, if you're only by yourself and you're having to study at the end of the day, you've been staring at your computer all day and then you have to look at reading material it can be really tough. So. I guess mixing up your schedule is, is, mm -hmm. would be a good way to do that. Trying yeah. to not not having the same kind of repetitive structure, you have to keep it exciting for yourself, even if it's you know doing something that's maybe less fun than something else you could do. Yeah, Josh, how about yourself? Yeah, I so I actually have to agree with that. Mixing up the routine um, when I took it. Uh, I tried to study for one to two hours a day um, on the weekdays and, you know, be that either in the evenings or, you know, during lunchtime at the office, um, on my commute home, you know, just whenever I could fit it in, I did. Um, and honestly, I tried to save most of the weekends to do stuff that I still wanted to do. So. You know, yeah, it was a sacrifice. You're sacrificing a lot of time um, mm -hmm. to study for these exams, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, still go out and see friends or go to the Art Institute, you know, do things that, you know, make it so that my mind is not 100% on architecture all the time, because that that would lead to burnout for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's just basically kind of mixing it up and, you know, give yourself a break, basically. Um, Logan, did I hear you have a comment there? I was just saying you got to get some get some fresh air if you're stuck inside all day. Got to totally. go for a walk, go for a run. Yeah. Go play tennis. <laughs> Jenny, how about you? 
that, you know, I got to say it's the exact opposite. So if anyone's out I there agree. listening, <laughs> if anyone's listening, you know, uh, this is great because really different answers. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. But my, uh, I have, um, you know, I was work, I'm working full time. I, I work at a firm full time um, and I teach at the you know, a time of studying. I'm, I'm not teaching during COVID, but at the time of studying, I was teaching a six credit hour course and coordinating courses with my local university. And, you know, I'm married and I have a daughter. And so every single moment of my day from five o'clock till 1130 at night was scheduled. And it mm -hmm. had to kind of be that way in order to get all these things done. Um, but I firmly believe that you find time for the things that you want to do. So I, you know, I would get to school, I would teach my class, I would go to the office and work, I would pick up my daughter at six, we would have dinner, I would, bedtime routine lasts for hours, if you know what I'm talking about out there, give me a <laughs> shout out. Um, and then I would study for an hour or two hours, and I didn't always have energy for that, and I didn't always get it done. But if it's in my routine and it's part of my schedule, then I have time for it and I'm not making an excuse. Um, if it's not in my routine, then I'll never get to it. So for me, it was really, really important to have it there. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, ultimately, it was just the guilt. Um, I Self-imposed guilt is really <laughs> some strong stuff. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm glad it's finally over, but that was the driving force. It's like I'd get to my end of the, my day and I knew that that was part of my schedule and I felt like if I didn't do it, I I just felt guilty. And um, it's not super healthy, but that's how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I did about the same thing, Jenny, when I did it. And um, yeah. it's funny, every time I talk about this, um, I can, like I had certain places I would go to study and I would always order the same food at those places. So yeah. I get like, I, I, I'm like uh, dying for those, for those, uh, for those things I used to eat, which is really funny. Um, and uh, the same thing with guilt and the, I don't know. Uh, so uh, again, as we were saying here, everyone has a, what's cool about, I think this conversation is that um, a lot of people come to this and they're like, well, there's this one way that I'm supposed to learn about how to do this. And so what is the one way and what's actually true is there isn't one way there's right. different ways. And so it's about finding a way that works for you. And Jenny, like you, I needed the guilt. So I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I pre-bought my guilt because there's no way I was rescheduling my, my test. So that's smart. I think that the in-carb is actually pretty smart to do it that way where you have to schedule so far out and it costs yeah. just enough money to make you feel like you have to go through with it. And yeah. You know, and uh, if you're a, a goal-minded person, you're you're going to be ready to go when that test date shows up. So uh, yep. good advice is to just schedule it, even if you're not ready, because the yep. day's going to come and you're going to have to go in. <laughs> good good motivation to get ready. Jenny, I'm going to move on to our next question here, um, which is about staying calm through the chaos. Um, how do you do it? Uh, yeah, I well. I wasn't calm. <laughs> if you're coming for advice on how to be calm, you're asking the wrong lady. <laughs> I did my best and I probably thought that I was calm, but I think if you ask anyone in my personal life, my husband for sure would tell you that I was a total mess. And, uh, and you know, like the, the last two weeks before the exam, I would, I would kind of become a mess. 
mm-hmm. prior to that, I would just be kind of nervous and I'd do my best and kind of plan and, and just trying to trust my system that I had made. But then the last two weeks will come and I just kind of start getting really anxious and, and nervous. Um, and uh, at the end, like you like I told you, I, I had gone through a lot of ups and downs with this. I had had a, a lot of barriers a lot of weird things happen, a lot of anomalies. I would tell my friends these stuff that happened in the testing centers and they were just like, what? That, nothing like that has ever I'd even crossed <laughs> my mind that that could be a possibility of what could happen in there. Um, so at the end, my last exams, I just sort of tried to be a little more rational about it all. And, you know, I failed before. If I fail again, I'll take it again. It's not going to yeah. change who I am as a person. Um, it's only a few hours of my life. And that kind of rational thinking helped calm me down the closer I would get to the exams. And, and maintaining the schedule helped keep me calm, you know, leading up to that point. So, I guess. Uh, Josh, how about yourself? <laughs> Yeah, so I would have to say, you know, a lot of mine was kind of rational thinking, too, because the way my mindset is, is kind of, you know, yeah, there's kind of this internalized chaos going in your brain, but it's almost a bit of a structured chaos, which I know is an oxymoron, of course. But um, for me, the main thing was is just kind of trust in the work that I put in, like I knew I was doing what I could do to pass these exams. So, you know, and kind of going back to, you know, like final reviews and, in in, you know, back in school for studio, um, you know, for me, it's just like, I trusted the work, you know, that I put out, you know, I trusted my work ethic. It's all gonna be fine. You know, I did what I could and I'm putting everything into it. So the outcome's gonna be great. And I mean, for the most part it was. Um, you know, I only had one, you know, I messed up on the PPP vignette and that was it. Um, so I had to take PPP again, but, you know, you know, for the rest of it, that really was it for me. And, you know, that trust is kind of what structured the chaos of everything going around a bit and being able to kind of compartmentalize it in my brain to actually get through this and remain calm on the surface anyways. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, the trust. I'm remembering, like, when I would, <clears throat> when I did it um, back in 2005, which is of course a long time ago. I remember like wanting to get there, like getting to the exam center, like way early. Like I was, I was. I remember trying to like remove potential for anxiety out of my world. You know, like, uh, like getting there early so there was just no stress about you know that. And then I almost remember like pumping myself up. You know. Um, you know, just sort of like telling yourself that you're going to be able to do it, you know, um, and like you've got this and almost like, you know, artificially hyping yourself up just to kind of give yourself at least a jolt of confidence going into the test. Um, Logan, how about yourself? How did you stay calm through the chaos? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think architects are kind of rational by nature. So it's a similar it's a similar thing, at least a lot of architects. Um, I. You know, I, there, there's only two outcomes from the test. One is that you pass and everything's good and you can move on to the next one or you're finished up. And, and the other is that 
you you didn't pass. And what that means is you're just it, it really doesn't mean anything. It just means you're going to have to take it again at some point, which isn't isn't the end of the world. It's you know yeah. it's it's something you can overcome. It's it's kind of just it's a repetitive thing that you have to do to get it over with. So I I was probably more stressed out by other things happening in my life than I was by the actual test. Cause like, like Josh said, it's, you know, I, I put the work in. Um, that doesn't mean there weren't some curveballs on the test that made me worried the day of, but I yeah. would get, I would be more stressed out about trying to um, balance my, my work responsibilities with studying after the test too. So, or studying, studying for the test. So at one point I had to reschedule a test cause a, a work trip came up and that was annoying because I had been ramping up studying for oh, it and I had to kind of had to cut it short. Yeah. Um, the, the same thing happened at the beginning of COVID where I had to reschedule. <laughs> uh, for, and then I was, this is a whole other situation that I'm not going to get into, but I had just a ton of car trouble getting back from North Carolina to Pennsylvania where I was taking the test. So that was, mm-hmm. that was a whole other situation, <laughs> but, uh, so it, the the test itself, it you know, it's it's kind of straightforward. It's it's you just got to balance the other things in your life also, and, and think about how everything kind of fits together. Yeah. Um. Uh, I was having a thought there about um, um, two thoughts. <clears throat> One is I was fu- funny. I was just on a call earlier this morning, and we were joking about how NCARB. Uh, they try to remind people who are taking the test that, you know, they're not uh, they're not testing you on being an expert. So, like, the level of the test is not an expert level. In fact, it's a, a rather rudimentary or lower level. Um, and so, of course, what they always say is they're not testing for expertise or for, for expert level, just minimum competence, um, which I just think is really funny that uh, you know, we've often joked that we're going to give out T-shirts to people who passed all tests and, and uh, that say minimally competent, um, which I would proudly wear. <laughs> I want that shirt, actually. I know. I'd wear it. <laughs> Me too. <Yeah. laughs> um, I mean, that, that, that's architecture in a nutshell. You have to, you have to know a, a little bit about a lot of things. Honestly. Yep. Be, able to, be able to combine them. So. The other thought is um, just to say to everybody, I like to say this a lot so that everyone kind of, again, uh, calms our anxiety is that it's incredibly rare that somebody takes all six tests and doesn't fail at least one. Um, so most people that we, uh, you know, we interact with, you know, have at least, you know, one, get tripped up at least once. Um, so pretty normal, um, you know, kind or of four times, you know, I think that's pretty common too, is failing <laughs> four times. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. A few of my friends failed PPP around the same time I did it. You know, as bad as it sounds, it made me feel a little better about it. It does, the right? The, the thing is that people don't come in and announce that they failed, you know. So exactly. You so you don't know that you're in really good company. Yes. <laughs> well, here, I, I run a company where we uh, we ask people to let us know whether they pass or fail. So you, you're hearing it. The only other source more credible than us is NCARB itself, and they won't tell you. But I'll tell you that... Uh, we hear it all the time uh, that someone gets tripped up, um, and yeah, sure, most people pass more than they they don't, but um, you know, it's just it's common. Uh, so don't feel like you have to be perfect, and 
you know, I've had uh, colleagues in the past who, you know, they, uh, they, you know, they fail one their first or second test and man, it really sideswipes them and knocks them down and they really have a hard time getting back at it. So just want to call that out. The thing that helped me through it is some, um, one of my friends, uh, said to me, you know, if, if it were easy, it wouldn't really be worth it. Yep. <laughs> everyone would do it and not everyone's doing it. It's actually a hard thing to do. Um, and uh, because it's hard, makes it actually valuable. Um, and if you think about other professions, you know, they fail also. People go in to take the bar exam and they fail, uh -huh. you yep. know. Um, and it's just, you just take it again. <laughs> yep. That's what Mike Newman used to say to us. He used to say, if you guys were all, you know, MBA students and not architects, everyone, you know, half of you would just go take the test without studying, knowing that just based on the laws of probability, you'd probably pass a couple without even studying. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, but architects tend to be perfectionists and, um, and so forth and don't want to fail. So they'll, you know, they won't, wouldn't do it. So uh, yeah. in any case, um, uh, uh, of course, we want you to pass and, uh, uh, and so forth. But uh, just a reminder that it's not always, no one's perfect. Uh, as we move on to our next question here, uh, Logan, why don't we, uh, why don't we start with you? One of the biggest, uh, you know, problems with, uh, with this whole experience is, you know, not wanting to study in that pull to do something else. Um, so how were you able to overcome that pull and not study, like being tired or being distracted or whatever? How did you overcome that? Yeah, I mean, we've been touching on this a little bit already, but if, if you're stuck inside all day, haven't left the house because you're working from home, it, it can be, right now, it can be difficult. You you want to get outside. You want to go do something. Um, so, again, it's sort of it's sort of just finding that balance that works for you of, of saying, I'm going to study for this amount of time and then I'm going to go do something fun to rejuvenate myself or, or saying I'm not going to study today and I'll study a little bit extra tomorrow to make up for it. It's, it's finding that balance and kind of negotiating with yourself. And then mm -hmm. again, we, we keep mentioning it, but setting that date that that's always kind of lingering, uh, trying to make you guilty. Like Jenny said, <laughs> yeah. you have something Jenny, to work for then. Yeah. Jenny, how about you? Uh, how did you overcome the pull to not study? Right, so I just have one answer and that's just to schedule the exam. Um, yeah. Even if you don't want to, even if you're not sure what's going on in your life, just look at the calendar, um, pick a day and schedule it. And uh, for me personally, I just have uh, enough of a, a fear of failure, which you'd think I would have overcome at this point, uh, but a fear of failure and, and personal guilt and desire to succeed that the closer I get to that date, the harder I'm gonna work and the harder I'm gonna study to make sure I'm as prepared as possible. And I think um, the field of architecture draws people that have a lot of those traits. So if you just get over the hump of being afraid of uh, the exam, just schedule it, you know, you won't have much option left after that. You have to go take it. So that's how, that's how I got over that pull to not study, I guess. That's awesome. Uh, Josh, how about you? Yeah, honestly, mine is kind of uh, a combination of both Jenny and Logan's answers. Um, 
what I really did is, you know, there were plenty of times while I was studying that something came up, like friends were like, hey, let's go to a bowl game or something like that. And honestly, I just kind of said yes to stuff like that with the caveat that I was just going to make sure that time that I was going to spend studying, you know, gets made up on another day, you know, including like a Saturday or Sunday, you know, especially if it was rainy or, you know, snowy out or anything like that. Um, it was really just, you know, attempting to find some sort of semblance of balance in, you know, this crazy thing, basically. Um, and then also, you know, set a date for the exam and just know what your, uh, what your zero hour is, basically. So Yeah. Set a date, set a date, set a date, set a date. All right. Um, and I suppose what's implied in that, but uh, just to be clear, I like to say buy the exam because <laughs> for me it was it was the money that like I did not want to like have to part ways with. Um, so exactly. It was, and I, uh, I, right. I should say right now it's a difficult time. I mean we have a really um, yep. we have a really high unemployment rate. Um, yep. My firm just had a, a layoff, uh, laid off uh, a large number of people, mm -hmm. um, and there's. If you look across the country, I think it, I can't remember what percentage, so I won't quote anything, but it's high. Yep. Um, so if you're in a situation where you're not making any income, but you want to take these exams, I encourage you to talk to your local AIA because they may have a fund available to help you pay for the exams. Um, that's something that uh, I was able to take advantage of. Wow, that's awesome. I, I yeah. did not know about that. Uh, what uh, AIA chapter? I'm with AIA Colorado. Um, okay. And it was, I can't remember the name of the fund, but um, sometimes it's right there on the website, but sometimes you have to poke around and ask questions. And maybe if they don't have a fund yet, they just want someone to encourage them to create one. So, um, or, you know, ask your, if, if there isn't anything at your firm, ask around and see if, if they'll make a policy that can help, help you pass. Um, yeah. No, no problem in asking. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, thank you for that one. Um, Let's move on. Uh, let's see here to our um, the next question. I love this question. Josh, let's start with you. What rituals do you have before and after testing to keep you on track and, you know, try to have some joy, if that's even possible, uh, taking tests? Yeah. So for me, one of the things I did is I made sure I always took my exams on Saturday mornings, which I know weird, right? But um, I took the day before off um, and I basically kept that as just a relaxed day, get your mind relaxed and kind of just into a good state to actually take this, you know, super stressful exam. I mean, you know, our Prometric system or center, you know, Mark, I know you remember from when you took it is wasn't the best, although I know they recently re re renovated the Chicago one. Um, mm -hmm. And then after the exam, what I would do is I would either go to the Lego store that's here in Chicago or the Chicago Architecture Foundation shop, which also had Legos, and I would buy a new Lego architecture set and, you know, build it in that afternoon and, you know, with some choice beverages or two, but, um, and that's kind of how was a bit of, you know, rewarding for taking the exam, but also just you know, you started, I started anyways, like really looking forward to the house. Like, oh, I'm going to build some Legos today afterwards. 
So yeah. that's kind of how it kept it, in, you know, quote unquote enjoyable for me. That's awesome. Um, you know what? I'm having a thought here, so I'm just going to like say it now. Um, this idea that the um, Jenny that thought about AI Colorado helping you pay for your test. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone who's listening, would you guys, if you guys know of a, a, a program in your world, whether that's in your AI chapter or your firm or your school or your whatever, um, I'm realizing we need to compile a list of, of resources like that and share that with everybody. So would you guys throw your thoughts either into GoToWebinar here or on our uh, on our community page uh, about uh, any resources that you know of uh, where you can basically get free, uh, you know, get a, get get your your test uh, comped uh, for free. Um, I would uh, I would be very happy to share that widely with everyone so that everybody knows that those resources are available. Mm-hmm. Um, so just want to pause there and say that. So everyone, if you're listening, if you could do that uh, again, what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll we'll take all that information, publish it for everybody, and do our own research as well to see if we can find any other resources. It's really helpful. Jenny, do you want to um, share uh, your rituals about, uh, you know, before and after taking the test and how you made it fun? Sure. Uh, when I, how I made it fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see, when I started the first three, I didn't have much rituals. It was just sort of chaos. Like I said, I wasn't very calm. I was just trying to get to the finish line. And then I had read somewhere, um, give your do it on a monday because then you have two days before two full days to study and calm down and i was like Mm -hmm. well that's a great idea um and i happened the first exams i was working with a firm that didn't really reimburse us but then i moved to a firm where you get paid to go sit for the exam and you get reimbursed for the test or whatever so then i moved i was like okay instead of doing it on saturday afternoon i can do it during the week, I could take some PTO. So for my last exams, I um, I scheduled them back to back, Thursday, Friday, and I took the whole week of PTO. And I thought that helped a lot because I had like five days basically to sit and focus and not worry about work and not worry about anything and mm-hmm. feel very comfortable. So so if, if I could go back to the beginning, I would do that for every exam. Um, but I thought that was really great advice was to give yourself at least two full days before the exam to feel like you're ready. Um, and then, um, I don't know if I had anything else going on. Um, right. Rituals. So, so uh, rewarding myself. Yeah. Um, I kind of had a, um, a, a thought in mind where at the end, I would get, I would take all the money that I spent on the exams and mm-hmm. I would take the equivalent amount of money and buy myself a nice gift with it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. You know, um, and I hadn't, and I kind of for a while thought about what it would be at the it, it, as we got closer to the end, I knew exactly what I wanted. I was going to, and as, this isn't promotional, like I'm not being paid to say this, but I was going to get a big green egg barbecue smoker for my backyard and so awesome so as soon as I finished my husband bought that for me and we've been in the backyard ever since (laughs) that's a good idea I love that uh thank you for sharing Logan how about you uh what were your uh rituals before and after and how did you celebrate and gift yourself etc yeah I think I think I found out through taking the test that I'm a pretty ritualistic person which I don't think I knew beforehand but uh I, I took the test on Mondays also, 
So that would give me two full days to study. I, I took the last two I, and like as, as early in the morning just because they were longer tests and those were the only times available. But typically I would take them um, kind of midday so I could, I, I wouldn't have to wake up super early and, and rush over there. Um, the night before I would have a good dinner, good healthy dinner. I would, mm-hmm. I would do other things. I'd get outside, get fresh air, which I keep repeating. I would make sure I went to bed early, which is super important. Get get good rest, even though you might be a little hyped up, getting excited for the test. Um, I would cook myself a, a big breakfast in the morning, so I'd have some energy, drink some coffee, get get the caffeine <laughs> flowing. Yeah. Um, have have a good music you know soundtrack to to yep. get you pumped up for the test um what, whatever you're into and mm-hmm. then w- once you're done taking it it's it's similar thing to jenny and josh i would reward myself with a present i'd get a a new camera item i, I shoot uh, film photography so i'd get some film or i'd get you know some some kind of fun toy for that buy a video mm-hmm. game go buy a nice big dinner, drink some beer, do something like yep. that. Yep. That's awesome. This is, I love this question. I love this idea. Um, and I think it, um, you know, um, at the end of the day, everyone who takes these tests walks away and says they're a better architect. It's a huge accomplishment in their career that they'll hold on to for the rest of their life. So that's a reward in its own, but, um, to get through it, um, having these sorts of things is really awesome. And, uh, and does, even though we all snicker, you know, like, yeah, right, fun or whatever, um, uh, you know, it does, it does make it uh, enjoyable, I suppose, to, to get to the finish line and forget who cares if you pass or not, you did it, you know, go yeah. get your Legos, go get your beer, go get your whatever, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, if we go to our, our last question here, uh, uh, I guess let's wrap this up kind of at a high level. Um, Jenny, we'll start with you. Uh, what's one piece, what's sort of the number one piece of advice you'd give yourself or anyone else who's thinking about uh, taking these tests? I just think it's really important to remind yourself that um, just getting to the exams is incredibly difficult and a huge accomplishment. So, you, you know, being accepted to school and getting yourself through school and being employed in an office somewhere and earning your IDP, those are huge accomplishments for most people. Uh, and you're surrounded by people that have accomplished those things. So it's hard to see just really how successful you are as a person to be able to get to a point where you can sign on to Prometric and actually sign up for the exam. Um, so that's a huge accomplishment in and of itself. And then um, studying for the exam is a lot of work. And you sh- I think you should take, th- this, is, this is advice that most people probably won't take, but I think it's really valuable if you hear me out. I think you should take some time after the exam to celebrate just that you studied and you took the exam. And that means that you're going, when the provisional results are available, I suggest you don't look at them. You just wait because you're going to get an email the next day anyway. So just spend the rest of that day feeling good about yourself and reminding yourself of how hard you've worked and how successful you are. And no matter what happened in that exam, what you just did was a huge accomplishment. That's awesome. Uh, What a great, uh, great thought there. You're right. This is very much like a mind game. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
why not uh, walk out of there without knowing? And uh, that's a great Just idea. Just celebrate. Yeah. 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 Logan, how about yourself? Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the number one piece of advice for folks? I'll just say I, I like the self-restraint to not look at the at the score. I, I, I had to do that every time. Uh, <laughs> my my number my number one advice to give is and this worked for me, um, is the order you take the test in isn't the order that I took them in wasn't the order that they laid them out in. I think it worked best for me to kind of group all the contract related tests. Um, together and take those kind of one after another because you kind of build this this uh, critical mass of information that you've learned about contracts and then to take PPD and PDD together because again there's a lot of overlap and similar information between them. I only took PP I took PPD and PDD two weeks apart which I felt was the right thing to do. It ended up working out um, and it there, there's so much overlap between them. It, it really helps and saves you some time from studying. Thank you, Logan. Uh, that's a great one as well. Josh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, uh, the number one thing you'd share it with everyone. I would say don't make any setbacks into, or, you know, any setbacks or, you know, exam fails, anything like that in the mountains. Um, one of the things, you know, personally that got to me a little bit after I failed PPP and I wish I would have given myself that advice back then because, you know, it kind of knocked me on my butt for a few months and I wasn't making any progress forward. So it's just kind of like, take a moment, step back, um, you know, be like, all right, this isn't the end. This isn't a huge deal and I'm just going to get through it, you know. If you need to, you know, feel sad or something for a bit, allow yourself to do so, you know, and just say, hey, this is a natural part of it. And then once that feeling passes, you know, keep going back into it because it's just a bump along the way. It's not, an, you know, it's not a barrier. Yep. That's awesome, Josh. Um, well, uh, first, I just want to say thank you, Jenny, Logan, and Josh, uh, for sharing your experiences and your your thoughts about getting through, you know, the stress of just the exams in general, but also how life uh, can kind of can kind of hold you back. Uh, there's a really good conversation going on right now in our ARE community as a result of what we're talking on here. If you just go to our community.blackspectacles.com and click on uh, you know, ARE Live, and then you'll find the thread. It's the most current one. Um, uh, first, Jenny, Logan, and Josh, I would I would ask if you guys wouldn't mind going over there and responding to some of the comments. Some of the questions are directly to you and questions and so forth. So I also appreciate everyone uh, who's, you know, responding and kind of giving feedback to other people uh, who have posted comments and questions on the ARE community. So uh, really cool to see. Um, uh, again, you know, like this this exam thing is a mind game, so uh, everyone's got a little different um, uh, different needs as they kind of go through it. So uh, really cool to see that uh, conversation going there. Um, our next ARE live broadcast that we're going to have is on October 15th. We're going to review uh, a mock exam for project development and documentation with Mike Newman. 
and uh, we'll cover a variety of uh, knowledge and skills relating to that test. Um, you guys know that this is a big one, so a little extra uh, studying is always valuable, so don't miss it. Um, we're going to post the uh, link in the chat box here, or you can just go to blackspectacles.com slash podcast to, to sign up. To learn more about Black Spectacles ARE exam prep offerings, there was a couple of questions about in the community about uh, about what um, what resources to use to study. Well, you know, we would proudly say that uh, you know we have a really great uh, test prep offering, um, and so uh, you can go to blackspectacles.com and you can check out some of the free course videos. I told you guys at the beginning that there was going to be a lucky winner of our Black Spectacles T-shirt for someone who posted in our ARE community. And uh, David Ellis, congratulations, uh, you've won uh, our t-shirt. So we're gonna reach out to you via email to get size and shipping information and so forth. So as a reminder, uh, next time if you guys haven't, or even if you even if you don't care about the t-shirt, just go over to the ARE community. There's a lot of really good information there. The purpose of that community is, is that's a place where you can kind of achieve two things. One, it's a great place for inspiration to hear other people's stories and how they did it. It's always, a, it's also a good place to go uh, if you have a really specific question, because we have uh, experts uh, who are on call who answer questions, really detailed and knowing, frustrating questions about the test. There are people uh, on our team who are licensed architects who answer questions there. So it's a really great resource for that. But as I said, also uh, just to kind of get inspired, because uh, there's a lot of people who've done this and fought through uh, you know, getting licensed. Um, for those of you who are ready to start using some of these tips and so forth, uh, I mentioned that we have a coupon code for you. So here's the discount code. It's A-R-E-L-I-V-E 091720PC to get a 15% discount for the entire duration of your Black Spectacles A-R-E prep membership. And then finally, tomorrow, we're going to email everybody a follow-up about today's live broadcast. So please let us know what you think and share any suggestions that you may have. Um, I promise that we read every word that you write and use them to tune our next episodes. So thanks for tuning in.